Okay, we're beginning here on the top of Ayin Amud Aleph. Gemara says, Maishna Reisha, Umaishna Seifa. If you remember in our Mishnah, there were three cases in the Mishnah. First case in the Mishnah is a case where a person once knew about Shabbat, and then completely forgets about Shabbat, they bring one Chatat, period. Then in the middle case of the Mishnah, there was an instance where a person forgot that it was Shabbat. The person was aware that there was Shabbat. Just now, he recently forgets that it is Shabbat over multiple weeks. Over there, he brings a chatat for every Shabbat. Then the final case in the Mishnah is a case where he knows it's Shabbat, but he forgot or doesn't know that these malachot are wrote on Shabbat. Over there, he brings a chatat for every malacha that he does. The Gemara here is asking the question from the second and third case, Why in one instance do we focus on the number of Shabbatot that he missed or forgot about? And he brings the chataot based on the number of Shabbatot. Whereas in the latter case, in the last case, in the Mishnah, he brings a chatat for every one of the malachot that he forgets. What's the difference? Amro Safra, tan midiyat Shabbat hu parish, tan midiyat malacha hu parish. So Rav Safra makes a suggestion that what would cause him to desist from doing these problematic actions. Well, if you told him it was Shabbat, then he would stop violating Shabbat. If you told him about the malachot, he would stop doing these malachot. That would depend on the instance. In the one instance, when you tell him that it's Shabbat, that's what he forgot. He forgot it was Shabbat. So when you tell him and remind him that it's Shabbat, that causes him to desist from doing the malachot on those days. In the latter instance, in the last case in the Mishnah, the problem is that he doesn't know these are malachot asurot. So when you remind him or you tell him that these are malachot asurot, he stops doing those malachot. So that is why we focus on the Malachot in the last case in the Mishnah. We focus on the Shabbatot in that middle case in the Mishnah. Samadhi Rav Nachman, Klum Parish Mi Shabbat El Mishum Malachot, Klum Parish Mi Malachot El Mishum Shabbat. Shabbat and the Malachot are considered to be one entity. The only reason that when you remind him that Shabbat, that he desists from doing such things, is because he knows that these are Malachot on Shabbat. So the reminder of Shabbat Shabbat, is the equivalent of reminding him about these Malachot. The same is true the other way as well which is that if you remind him that these are malachot asurot, then he doesn't do them because it is Shabbat. So they're expertly connected over here, and that's why you can't differentiate between Shabbat and malachot. So what is the differentiation that he makes? Why did the Torah make you chayav for a korban chatat in the case of shogeg? Because of shkaga. It's because of what you forgot. Hotam chag shkaga. Alcha It's a question of what you forgot or the mistake that you made. In the case of the Shabbatot, there's only one mistake that you made. You forgot that it was Shabbat. That's what you forgot about. That's the mistake that you made. So the chatat that you bring is coming to rectify that mistake that which you made. On the other hand, when it comes to the last case in the Mishnah where you bring a chatat on every melacha, over there, what did you make a mistake about? What did you forget? You forgot that those were melachot. So the mistake that you made is you forgot this malacha, that malacha, this malacha. Therefore you bring a chatat for every malacha that you forgot about. Again, the chatat or the korban is coming to rectify the shogeg or the shkaga, the mistake that was made. So we have to determine what the mistake is in order to do, figure out how many chatot you're going to bring. If the mistake is that you forgot it was Shabbat, and that's the mistake that causes you to do the malacha, that is what is going to trigger the chatat as well. The same is true by malachot. If it's that you forgot or didn't know that these were malachot asurot, that is what causes you to make the mistake or the poor judgment about doing these malachot. 
then you have to bring the korban to rectify that problem. And if in that last case you're going to bring a korban, I'll call melacha umelacha. Now the Gemara asks a question, chiluk melachot minalan. How do we know that the 39 melachot are actually considered to be 39 different entities or 39 different avirot? We know in the Torah it says, lotasu melacha. You're not allowed to do any work on Shabbat. How do you know that when it says don't do any work, that you have a possibility of violating 39 different categories of melacha. So Meshmuel, Amar Kra, the Pasuk says, Michala Motumat. Those that violate, profane the Shabbat will die. Torah ribta mitot It says Michalaleha, you profane it. Motumat is multiple deaths. So Mar says, That's written by Mezid. You only get the death penalty or the death punishment by Mezid. How does that show anything about the Korbanot? Mar says, Mezid. We don't need it for Mezid, Tikhtiv, because we already have a Pasuk, Kolho Sebo Melacha Yumat. Anybody who does Melacha work on Shabbat will be put to death. So this other Pasuk is unnecessary with regards to Mezid, because we already know that information. Therefore, it's an Ewe in the Anshogeg. So therefore, we're gonna say that we're gonna use that Pasuk to teach us something about Shogeg. Umay Yumat. And what does it mean to be put to death? Put to death has nothing to do with the Korban. Yumat Bimamon. Be put to death by the monetary expenditure. Not death in the literal sense, but death in the figurative sense, that it's going to cause him losses of money because he's going to have to shell out the money to pay for these korbanot. So that's what it means, motumat. You have multiple expenditures uh, to pay for. Why we have multiple expenditures? Because there is chiluk melachot. There's a differentiation in the melachot of Shabbat. That each one of the 39 melachot is considered to be a separate melacha, a separate category. And each one that you violate, you will have to bring a Korban Chatat for that category, for that Av Melacha. Typically, Chiluk Melachot, Mehecha, Denafkale, Rabbi Natan. Why did Shmuel use that as his source? He could use the same source that Rabbi Natan has, the Tana. Rabbi Natan, the Tanya, we have a Braita. Rabbi Natan, Omer, Lotu Baru, Eish, Bichomos, Vertechem, Beyom Shabbat. Bosuk tells us that you may not kindle any fires in your dwelling places on Shabbat. Matamad Omar, why do you need this Pasuk? Tvishin Amar. Because the already tells us, Vayakel Mosheh Kol Adat Ben Israel Elahad Divarim, and then Bchulei Sheish Yamim Tasem Lacha. In the beginning of Vayakel, when it speaks about the keeping of Shabbat and the Easter Melacha that is associated with Shabbat, it prefaces that with Elahad Divarim. The Gemara dashes from that Divarim. Divarim is in plural, so that means two. Had Divarim. So now you have the extra Hey that it comes to include an additional number, that's three. Then Eila, Eila in Gematria is 36. So Eila is 36, plus the three we have from Dvarim, Hadvarim, that gets us to the 39 Melachot. So Eila Dvarim, Eilu Shloshim, Vitesh Melachot, Shneemru, Moshe Misinai. These are the 39 Melachot that were said over to Moshe Misinai. Now the Gemara here is now bringing the third Russia that we've had in the Masechet so far about how we get to the 39 Melachot. Remember earlier in the Masechta, we had two other opinions as about what the source of the 39 Malachot was. One of them is the juxtaposition between Pashat Shabbat, the Pashat HaMishkan, and the 39 Malachot are representative of the Malachot that were done in the Mishkan, and that is what is Asura on Shabbat. That was one source for the 39 Malachot. The second source for the 39 Malachot was the use of the term Malachah in the Torah, that it's used 39 times, that form of the verb, and therefore... There are 39 Melachot on Shabbat. And here's the third possible source for the 39 Melachot, which is Dvarim Hadvarim Eile. Eile Hadvarim teaches us that there are 39 Melachot on Shabbat. 
I would think if you did in one forgetting all of these 39 malachot, that you'd only be chayav one. Tamal Omar, Becharish, Ubekatsir, Tishbot. Torah tells us that you must desist from plowing and harvesting on Shabbat. Vadainani Omer, chayav. I would think that you're chayav then for plowing and for harvesting separately. That you be chayav shtayim. Valkulan, on the remainder of the malachot, the other 37 malachot, they know chayav elachat. I'd be only chayav one. Tamalomar, the Pasuk says, like we quoted before, Lotovaruesh, says that you may not kindle a fire in your dwelling places on Shabbat. Havara Piklal Haita. Havara was included under the term or the general principle of Lotasuko Malacha. So why do I need a separate lav in the Torah to teach me about kindling fire on Shabbat? Why was it designated or separated off by itself? To teach you something about the rest of Malachot. This is the principle of Kol Devar Shayab Echalal. Anything that was in the general principle, Vyatza Min Echalal, and left that general principle. Lolo Lameda Latzmo Yatza. It's not coming just to teach about itself. Ela Echalal Kolot Yatza. It comes to teach you about the entire principle. So over here, Lot of Aruish B'Chomosh V'Techem Yom Shabbat would have been included under the category of Lotasu Kol Malacha. Why did it separate itself out? Well, it separated itself out to teach you something about kindling fire. But based on that principle, that it doesn't just teach about itself, but about the general principle, then we must conclude that whatever it teaches about itself, it teaches about all the malachot. And what is that? Avlo malacha. Maha avrashi av malacha. Which is like havra is one of the avot malachot. Bechayvin alem bifnei atzma. And your chayav on it by itself, if you violate it by itself, because it had its own lav. Av koshu av malacha. Chayvin alem bifnei atzma. So too, anything else that is a av malacha, you'll be chayav on it bifnei atzma. So now we've extrapolated or transposed, transported whatever we learned from Havara now to the remainder of the Malachot. By Havara we learned that it's a separate lav, it's a lav by itself, therefore you can be chayav on Havara. So too, we're going to say by every one of the Avot Malachot that you can be chayav on each one separately. So the Gemara answers that why didn't Shmuel look like learn like Rabbi Natan? Because Shmuel suffered like Rabbi Yossi. Shmuel holds like Rabbi Yossi, Damar, Havara, Lav Yatzat. That Havara is separated out or its own unique own unique Isur because it's one of the Malachot that you don't have an Isur Skila for, a of Mita for. Rather, it's just a Lav. It's a regular Lota, say, in the Torah. So if you kindle on Shabbat, you would not be Chayav Mita, like by the other Malachot, or the other 38 Malachot. Over here, you'll only be Chayav a Lav. For violating a Lav, you'll get Malchot. Alright, we'll come back. The Gemara is going to explain that position of Rabbi Yossi in a second. Just want to note a couple of things over here. First of all, learning like Rashi does. Rashi sets up the Gemara like this. We have a Braita, the Mechilta, which teaches us that there are 39 Melachot on Shabbat because of Eleha Divarim. Once we've established that, the Gemara then asks, how do I know that you are culpable for each Melacha separately and not just for all the 39 Melachot, one Korban Chatat? You violated all of them, you'd only bring one Korban, not one on each individual Melacha. The Gemara first attempted to answer, Bacharishu Bekatsir. He brought that and said, look, we have other malachot, Chajrish and Katsir are both avot malachot, and we see that you're chayav on each one of them separately. Umar rejects that and says, no, 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 maybe Chajrish and Katsir are by themselves their own entity, and therefore they get separate chiyuvim, but everything else, the other 37 malachot, will get one chiyuv or one culpability for all the 37. So then the Gemara says, okay, but then I have lot baruesh b'chomoshuotechem. I have the pasuk of havara that comes and separates it out. Why did the Gemara not accept that position with regards to Harisha Katsir that it comes to separate all the Malachot and does accept it when they bring the Pasuk So Rashi actually brings two interpretations. First possibility is that Bechariish Ubekatsir Tishvot is a 
Asay, it's a positive commandment. Whereas Lot Varuesh Bukhomosh Vidikem is a negative commandment. When the Gemara brought Bukhashi Bukhatir at first, I thought maybe we could separate out the Mlachot based on that. The Gemara rejects that and says, well, the principle of anything that was in part of the general principle, and then leaves it, that not only does it teach about itself, but it teaches about the whole Kalal, that's only when it's similar to the Kalal itself, similar to the general principle. The principle that we're working with now is a lotas, say, lotas So therefore, only a lav can generate that principle of when it leaves the general principle, that it can then affect everything that's there. So Gemara attempted it first, and Gemara says, no, it's an assay, so maybe it's just its own category, those two will be separate. But it didn't teach us anything about everything else. Then the Gemara brings the Lotase of Lotavaruesh and that teaches us then because you now have a lava of Lotasug Omalacha, and you have a lava Lotavaruesh. So now the Prat, or the thing that is Yotse, left the general principle, can teach about the whole principle. That's the first way Rashi learns. Tosafot does not like that explanation. He gives a number of reasons why he doesn't like that explanation. Rashi then brings an alternative explanation and says, that the Gemara rejected Becharishim Katsir at first because maybe it's Shnei Tvim Habayim Kechad Eim Lamdim. If two Psukim tell you the same thing, then they only teach about themselves, they do not become a paradigm. That is because if in the Torah it writes something once, if it writes it once, then we assume that that's the halacha for this item, but also establishes a paradigm for anything else in that category. On the other hand, if the Torah then comes and writes the same halacha by another issue. So over here you have the halacha by Harish and you have the halacha by Katsir. Then we no longer view that as being something that is establishing a paradigm. Rather we see those as exceptions to the rule. Because if the Torah wanted to establish a paradigm, it would have written one of them and that would have been sufficient. In fact, if the Torah writes these two, it's saying basically these are exceptions to the rule. Do not use those as a paradigm to teach us about the remaining malachot. So based on that, the Gemara rejects using Harishu Katsir. But then it brings the third pasuk of Lot Baruesh B'chomosh Botechem. And because of that, it says, okay, because there it's a single pasuk. Now, Tosavot asks the obvious question. Other places in the Gemara, the Gemara says, if I have two psukim trying to teach me the same thing, Imalamdim, because those are exceptions to the rule. There's some, there are deot in the Gemara, that even when you have two, it's still considered to be a paradigm, not an exception. When I have three psukim teaching me, a rule, then for sure those are considered to be an exception. Well, that's basically what we just have here. We now have three psukim teaching us the same thing. We have Kharish, Katsir, and Havara. We have three items now, and that should be considered or classified as an exception to rule rather than a paradigm. How come we don't take that next step? Tosvot says, that's where the Asay and Lotase come about. You can only say, two psukim come to teach you the same thing, or three psukim come to teach you the same thing, if they're in the same form, if they're the same structure. Over here, that's not true. The Harish and Katsir are written as Asay, as positive commandments, and Lot Varuish B'chomosh B'tukhem is written as a Lot Asay, as a negative commandment. So it's really not Shloshak Tuvim Abayim Kechad. It's not three Psukim that are coming together to teach you the same Din because they're not the same Din. There's three different Psukim. Two of them are the same, the Asays, and therefore we knock those out. But there is Lot Varuish B'chomosh B'tukhem, which is its own Pasuk, and therefore we're not going to rule it as an exception. We're going to see that as a paradigm because it's the only one that is written in that way. Tosafo does ask another question, which is interesting. He says, what's the Havamina? Why does the Gemara have a Havamina that if you did all of them in one forgetting, that you would be only Chayav one? Then what's the purpose of having 39 separate Avot Melachot? We just darshaned in the Mechilta that Eila Advarim teaches us that there are 39 separate Melachot. Gemara asked in other places, Minyan Alamali. Why do I need the count? What is the count coming to teach me? Well, it must be coming to teach me that there are separate 
for their chiyuvim, or their chiyuvei chatadot, that you'll be chayav 39 separately. So what's the havamina of the Gemara here, that if I did them in one forgetting, I'd only be chayav one. So Tosafot actually says that the, the girsah here in the Gemara might be wrong, and that the girsah really should be like the mechilta. In the mechilta, the havamina over here is not that you'd be chayav one for all 39, but rather that you would not be chayav until you violated all 39. It says there are 39 malachot. And it says, that you're not allowed to do malachah on Shabbat. So maybe the malacha there is defined by the 39 malachot, elahad varim. That means you must be in violation of all 39 of them before you're going to be chayav. How do I know that's not true? And if you simply violate one of them, that would be enough. And then you continue to read the Baraita. Hey, that's Tosafot's emendation of the Baraita, the way it's quoted in the Gemara, to say that it doesn't make so much sense the way it's written, and therefore he thinks the girs that's found in the Mechilta makes more sense. So, so far, just to recap what we've done so far, we asked, where is Chiluk Malachot from? How do we know that each one of the 39 Malachot is Chayav, a separate Gorban Chatat? Shmuel brought that din from Michalaya Mochumat. Gemara then asks about Shmuel, who's an Amora, why didn't he subscribe to the position of Rabbi Natan? Rabbi Natan learns out Chiluk Malachot for Lom Toru Eish B'chol Moshevotechem. Gemara says, the reason Shmuel didn't learn it that way is because he subscribes to the position of Rabbi Yossi, the Tana, who argues on Rabbi Natan. And that now we're going to see in the Bright of the Tanya. Havara l'lav yatsat divrei Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Natan omer l'chalek yatsat. So machlok between Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Natan. Why is there a separate lav? Why is there a separate lota say when it comes to lota varuhesh b'chomosh v'techem? Rabbi Yossi says it's to teach you that kindling fire on Shabbat is not chayav mitah. Rather it's only a violation of a negative precept and you would get makot. That's why it's separated out because that's a different punishment. Rabbi Natan says no, it's separated out to teach you that principle that each malacha stands independently, and you're going to be chayav achatat in each one of them. So the reason Shmuel did not darshan like Rabbi Natan is because he learns like Rabbi Yossi, that lo tevaru eish b'chol is not l'chalei, but rather l'lav yatzat. So Mar says, okay, that's very nice, but typically l'chiluk malachot mehech denafkalei Rabbi Yossi. Why does he learn out chiluk malachot from the same place that Rabbi Yossi does? Rabbi Yossi does not learn it out from lo tevaru eish b'chol but he has a differently mood. The Tanya, Rabbi Yossi Omer, v'asa me'achat meheno. This is a pasuk that is written by the Korban Chatat in the beginning of Ayikra. And over there it says that if you do from one of these, and the Gemara points out that these are extraneous in some way, because it could have just said in the Pasuk, Vasachat, that would have been sufficient. If you did one of these mitzvot, you did one of these violations, that would be sufficient. So now I have an extraneous mem from Me'achat, and the entire word Meheino is extraneous. So what do we do with these Words. So Mar says, "Pamim shechayvim achat al kulan." Sometimes you rechayav one for many. Pamim shechayvim akol achat v'achat. And sometimes you rechayav on each violation. So then, Amar Rabbi Yosi Ruchinia, my time of the Rabbi Yosi. What is the reasoning behind Rabbi Yosi? So Rashi claims the question over here is, what does he do with the additional mem de mehena and the additional mem meachat? What does he do with that? You explain to me why there's an achat and mehena there now, one and many, to teach you. Sometimes you rechayav only one. Sometimes you're chayav many. That's why we have the word achat and heina. You still have the mem that prefaces both of those words. What does he do with that? That's the question according to Rashi. On the other hand, Tosafot thinks that the question over here is, that he has other drashot from the pasuk. He has drashot from the pasuk which are coming up in the Gemara in one second. And with those other drashot, what does he have left to make the drasha that we need about the inyanei Shabbat? So either way, the question is being asked from a different position, according to Rashi and Tosafot. But in the end, the Gemara is now going to show us what Rabbi Yossi Darshan from each one of these extraneous pieces over there. So the answer is, Achat me'achat, Heina me'heina, Achat she'heina, Heina she'achat. 
four limudim that come out of this pasuk, taking on the extraneous words. Achat me'achat teaches you about the mem. You have one from one, that mem, we're going to dash an extraneous mem. Hena me'hena, many from many. So there the mem again, we're going to dash, and that's the extra extraneous mem by the word me'hena. Then, achat she'hena, hena she'achat, either because the word hena itself is extraneous, we're going to learn that one that is many, many that is one, or the juxtaposition of the two teaches us that limud. So now the Gemara is going to go back and explain, the bride is going to explain to us what it means by each of these limudim. Achat. Shimon. Achat means writing the name Shimon on Shabbat. Me'achat, from one, teaches us that shame mi Shimon. He went to begin to write the word Shimon, and then after two letters he stops. He will still be chayav echatat on Shabbat. The minimum requirement of writing on Shabbat to be chayav is two letters. Over here, his intention was to write Shimon, a much longer word. He stops after the Shin Mem, which is also a word, shame. So shame mi Shimon. If he writes the Shin Mem, that is sufficient to make one chayav on Shabbat, even though he didn't complete what he intended. He had intended to write the whole word, but since he stopped after two letters, informed the word nevertheless, it will be chayav. That's how I learn me'achat, me'achat. You're chayav for one thing, had you written the word Shimon, me'achat, a derivative of that. If from that one word, I had created something that could make me chayav and Shabbat, then that is shem mitoch Shimon. We won't get into it now, the Gemara later in the Masech, that we'll discuss this, but it's interesting, you should note it here, that shem mi Shimon doesn't work so well, because shem has a mem sofit, and Shimon is not a mem sofit. So he's really writing the word Shimon, he writes shem mem, but he writes a regular mem, not a mem sofit. Again, we'll deal with that later in the Masechot. I'm just noting it here so that you realize that there is some issue with regards to that. Now, the Gemara says, Heina, Avot, Meheina, Todot. So what does he learn out of the word me from? So that's Heina. Heina means there are many. Many Melachot on Shabbat. What are those many Melachot on Shabbat? Those are the Avot. Those are the major categories of Shabbat, the 39 Melachot. Meheina are derivatives of those Avot. What are derivatives of those Avot? Toladot. Those are the toldot, the derivatives of the avot melachot that are underneath those categories. So that's what we learn out from heina, meheina. The mem, they're from, from amongst, from the avot. They're also derivatives, which are the toladot, the melachot that are suot on Shabbat, that are subsumed under that category of the avmelachot. Now the Gemara explains, achat shihi heina. One that is many. That is, don Shabbat, vishigagat melachot. Here he has one violation of Shabbat, but he still ends up with Haina with a number of korbanot. That is a case where he knows it's Shabbat, but he forgot that these melachot are asurot. So he has one thing that's wrong, that is that he knows it's Shabbat, but nevertheless he ends up in a problem with many korbanot. That's a case where he knows it's Shabbat, but he forgot that the melachot are asurot. Haina shiachat, you sometimes have many that only ends up in one. That is shigigat Shabbat, v'zadon melachot. It's where he forgot it was Shabbat, but zadon shemachot, he knows that these melachot are asurot, he just didn't know that today was Shabbat. So over there it's Haina, he has many violations, shiachat, but he only ends up bringing one korban. One korban because of the shigigat Shabbat. In the previous case, he had zadon Shabbat, he knew it was Shabbat, and he forgot the Malachot. That's a case where there's one problem, which is it's Shabbat and he's doing Malachot, but Shehena ends up with multiple Kabbanot because he brings a Korban on each one of the Malachot. So you see from here that Rabbi Yossi learns out Chiluk Malachot from this Pasuk, because he has a case here where it is One violation of Shabbat is going to result in multiple Chatot because you're Chayav on each one of the Avot Malachot. 
So even though Rabbi Yosef doesn't learn it out of the Pasuk of Lot Varuesh Bahomosh Witam like Rabbi Natan, nevertheless he still has a source for it. So why didn't Shmuel subscribe to that source? Umar says Shmuel Achachihena Hena Shiachat Lo Mashmale that he didn't think that that made sense to them. Rashi says that he needs it for the rest of the Limudim here. He says the Shemi Shimon and the Avot and Toladot take up the whole Limud here. You can't make that additional limit of Achat to Heina, Heina to Achat. Therefore, he didn't subscribe to Rabbi Yossi, which will turn out in the end that Shmuel does not hold like Rabbi Yossi and does not hold like Rabbi Notan. That he's actually a third source for Chiluk Melachot. You have Chiluk Melachot either because of Shmuel's din, which is Mechalalah Motumat, or because of Rabbi Notan's din, which is Lot Baruish Bechomosh Vatechem, or because of Rabbi Yossi's limit, which is Achat Shihi Heina. We have three different sources for the fact that there is Chiluk Melachot on Shabbat. Now it's Almost muskam lapal tivri hakol that there is chiluk malachot on Shabbat and every malachan Shabbat is considered to be a separate category, a separate entity. That is not true by Yom Tov. By Yom Tov we generally do not have chiluk malachot, and that has to do with the difference in the nature of Shabbat and Yom Tov. We're not going to get into it now. Why is there an Easter malacha by Shabbat and why is there an Easter malacha on Yom Tov? Is the Easter malacha simply to enhance the day, or is the Easter malacha an integral part of the day? So by Shabbat, it's pretty clear it's an integral part of the day. We saw before in yesterday's daf, the ritva is the Tosafot well, and thinks that that's the main Isur Shabbat. Thought these were the main Isur Shabbat. The main part of Shabbat is the Isur Malacha. And therefore, each Malacha, there is Chiluk Malachot by Shabbat. And Yom Tov, the Isur Malacha might simply be there to enhance the Dushata Yom, to enhance the day of Yom Tov. How do I make it into a special day? How do I make it into a Moed? Is in addition to all the things that I do, the eating, the drinking, and the Aliyah, the Regal, I have Easter Malacha to enhance the day. And therefore, the Easter Malacha is not the integral part of the day, or integrally part of the day, that you have Chiluk Malachot. Over there, it's considered to be one Isur of Lotasu Malacha. The other ways to explain it as well, just uh, giving you some sense of the difference between Shabbat and Yom Tov, and what it means to have Chiluk Malachot. Now, the Gemara continues, Baimine Ravo, Mirav Nachman Ravo, queried Rav Nachman, Helem Zev Zev Mahu. He forgets both Shabbat, and the Malachot, what is the din over here? Which one do we make him culpable for? He forgot his Shabbat, but he also forgot that these Malachot are Asurot. Now both Rashi and Tosafot over here point out that we're not talking about the case in our Mishnah, the case in a Mishnah where Yishokher Kach Ikar Shabbat, where he totally forgot about Shabbat. He once learned about it when he was four years old, and then he completely forgot about Shabbat. That's not what we're discussing over here. We're discussing over here the latter cases in the Mishnah, Cases where he knows about Shabbat, he knows about the Malachot, he just happens now to forgot him. He forgot that these Malachot are Asurot. Plus, in addition to that, he happened to forget that today was Shabbat. So he's forgotten about both of them, not that he hasn't learned or doesn't have any connection to any of these items. And Tosavot explains why we would differentiate between Shokheach Hikar Shabbat, Tahacha Ena Shokhuach Kokach, Techi Midgar Lehi Midgar, Avashachach Hikar Shabbat, Hainu Kein Tinok Shenishbala Ben Anachrim. A person who once knew when he was four years old and now remembers about Shabbat, that's the equivalent of someone who was lost amongst the Goyim, never knew about Shabbat, because it's going to take a lot to get this person back to remembering there is a Shabbat, that there are Malachot. He's way removed from it, therefore it's considered one forgetting. Over here, this is a person who's aware of Shabbat, this is a person who's aware of Malachot, the simple reminder, he'll be back in place, he'll know exactly what he's supposed to be doing. 
And that's why there's a difference. In that case, there's only one forgetting. That we don't have any question over there. You bring one chatat for your entire forgetting. Over here, our question is, this is someone who can quickly be reminded of what's supposed to be done. In that case, when he forgets about both items, that of Shabbat and the Melachot, what do we focus on? Is it the Shabbat that he forgot? And he'll have to bring one korban because he forgot it was Shabbat. Or we focus on the Melachot and he'll have to bring multiple korbanot, each violation of the Melacha. says, he forgot about Shabbat. So that's the only thing that matters over here. So he should be only chayav one chatan. Umar says, Ah, the Why don't you say just the opposite? He also forgot the melachot. So why don't you have to bring a korban on each one of the melachot? Vashi gives a solution that we saw at the beginning of today's daf. Similar, is the reason that he would desist from doing this because you remind him about Shabbat, as Rashi says. If you told him it was Shabbat, he would stop doing melacha right away. That is the reason that he is not doing whatever he's doing now, and therefore, if you told him it's Shabbat, it wouldn't make a difference. But if you told him these melachot asurot, that would trigger his memory. That would cause him to stop. Then the restriction that he is violated here, or what he's culpable for here, is the Yisra melachot. They don't have to bring a korban on each one of these items. Same statement that Ravina made at the beginning of today's Davi Mix over here. The two are integrally connected. Shabbat, what is a surah on Shabbat, is the Malachot. You remind him that it's Shabbat. The reason he desists from doing what he's doing is because that is a Malachot, which is a surah by Shabbat. Yes, he remind, remembers it's Shabbat, but then he also knows that this is a Malachot, and the same is the other way around. When you remind him it's a Malachot, or tell him it's a Malachot, the only reason he doesn't do that malacha is because he knows that it's Shabbat. So the two are connected. You can't say reminding him about a piece of information tells you anything about what he forgot over here. Shabbat or Milachot. Because each one of them would trigger the other. Tosafot does not like Rashi's explanation that we tell him. That if we told him about Shabbat, he would remember. If we told him about Milachot, he would remember. Rather, Tosafot says that this is something that he volunteers. It's information that he volunteers to us. He says, oh, had you just reminded me about Shabbat, I wouldn't have done this. Or had you just told me that this was a surah on Shabbat, I wouldn't have done it. So it's not that we tell him something and that triggers his memory, but rather it's that he himself says to us that, oh, had you only told me. He volunteers the information, and that's what causes us to then discern whether he was in violation of Shabbat or violation of the Malachot. Again, Ravina's answer, again, is the same, which is, you can't separate between the two. You can't say because he tells you, oh, if, had I only remembered it was Shabbat, or had you only remember, reminded me it was Shabbat, I wouldn't have been in violation. True, but again, when he remembers it was Shabbat, the only reason he doesn't do it is because it's a malacha. And the same the other way around. Ela loshna makes no difference. And as Rashi says, the conclusion of the Gemara is, you're only chayav one korban, because you forgot it was Shabbat. And forgetting that it was Shabbat, that's the major focus of what is at stake here or the problem here. And therefore, you'll be chayav one korban chatat. Tznan, we have a Mishnah upcoming that says, that there are 40 malachot minus one, which is the 39 malachot of Shabbat, and then it goes on to list them. And we asked about that. Why does the Mishnah begin with a count of 39? It could have just told us the information. We could have counted ourselves. So if you did them all in one forgetting, you are chayav on each one of them. If you conclude over here that the only thing we focus on here is the forgetting of Shabbat, and then you would only be chayav one, like we concluded in the previous part of the Gemara, that when you forget both about Shabbat and the Malachot, you only chayav one. What's the case then where... 
you have a violation where you're going to be chayiv for all 39 melachot. That's the case with Zadon Shabbat, where you know it's Shabbat, so you got melachot, but you forgot about all the melachot. Well, how can you have a case like that? How does he know it's Shabbat if he forgot about all the melachot? With what issue is he Zadon Shabbat? What does he know it's Shabbat? He doesn't know there's anything asur on Shabbat. So, Anicha, you suffer like Rabbi Yochan, and that works well if you hold like Rabbi Yochan, and Amar Kevin Shashagag Bekarei, Alpha Pishesid Belav. Mishkachala, we saw this two days ago, that Rabbi Yochanan's position was that if you forgot what the punishment was, even though you knew that it was problematic, that's still considered to be a shogeg. So they had to lay the Shabbat Balav. How do you know that it's Shabbat? Because of the say the negative commandments here. He knows that these 39 melachotas surot just doesn't know that they're punished by karet, that the punishment is karet. That's still considered to be a shogeg. So how does he know it's Shabbat? He knows it's Shabbat because he knows these 39 things are a surim. And that still would then lend him the ability to be chayab on all 39 melachot. If you hold like till he makes a mistake both about the lav and the karet, meaning he must forget about both of them, then what is his awareness of Shabbat to be Zadon Shabbat? What's the case where he knows it's Shabbat, yet he's going to not know that the 39 Malachot are Asurot? So what does he know about Shabbat with? Because he's forgotten that these are Asurot. He forgot that that's the punishment for them. He has nothing left. What's left for him? Umara gives the same answer as it did previously, which is, He knew about Shabbat because he knew there was an Isr Tchumin, according to Rabbi Kiva, which is, Tchumin is Min HaTorah, Mid Oraito. The limitation in how far you can go or travel on Shabbat is a din doraito. And he knows about that din. So that din, Mina Torah, tells him what something's unique about Shabbat. The remainder of the 39 melachot he's forgotten about. So he knows it's Shabbat, but he's forgotten about the other 39 melachot. And that'll be the case where he has to bring 39 separate chata'ot for the case of Minyano Lamali. The case of where the count in the Mishnah, what is it there for? We thought originally maybe it's there to teach us about the case that was queried by Ravot to Rav Nachman, that in the case where you forgot both Shabbat and the Melachot, you're still Chayav all 39. That's what will explain the case in the Mishnah. Quran says, no, the case in the Mishnah is a case where he knows it's Shabbat, he's just forgotten about the Melachot. Well, if he knows it's Shabbat and forgotten about Melachot, how does he know it's Shabbat? So according to Rabbi Yochanan, that was easy. We just said that he knew that these are a surim. He just didn't know what the punishment was. And that's called Shogay going to Rabbi Yochanan. For Reish Lakish, that's a little harder. Because Reish Lakish says you need to forget that these are a surim. Plus, you have to forget the punishment. You, you can't know anything about these melachot. And then how does he know it's Shabbat? Give the same answers we did prior, which is that it's a dinin tumin, a libidur That's what he knows about Shabbat, and that's what makes it Shabbat. And he still forgets about the 39 melachot. And therefore, we'll remain with the conclusion of the previous part of the Gemara, that if you forgot both Shabbat and the Malachot, you're only Chayav one. You're only Chayav Achat in that instance. Okay, we'll stop over here.